Welcome to Stay Grounded with your host, me, Raj Jana. I'm the founder of Java Press Coffee Company, and my life changed after my mentor died with three months left until retirement. That experience inspired me to start a personal journey to discover how we can all live a purpose-driven and meaningful life starting today. I interview everyone from best-selling authors and business moguls to extreme athletes and monks to discuss happiness, success, and fulfillment to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. Yo, what's up everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you are all having an amazing day so far. I'm super pumped and so grateful for you guys to meet my new friend, Mr. Dan Mangana. So Dan is a very new friend. We in fact met a few, I think like a week before we recorded this podcast and the first time I met him, I just knew that we were going to be soul brothers. Like the the guy is just beaming with love and light and just the best energy in the world. And I couldn't wait to have him on the show. And to give you a little bit of background on Dan before I dive into what I love most about him, he's an international best-selling author, host of the Do It With Dan podcast, a serial entrepreneur, a broadcaster, and an abundance coach. And he is just one of the most special human beings. I mean, one of the things I loved most about Dan, one is you could feel his mission. You know, he's on a mission to empower people to reconnect with their inherent abundance and discover meaning and joy in their lives. And he lives it. This is not just something he speaks. This is not something that he shows up to on the weekdays. Dan is a living, breathing example of someone who lives from the heart. And, you know, I've been really sensitive to, you know, the idea of living from the heart because it's something that I've been exploring a lot in my own life. You know, when I first started down the road of wanting to live a better life or go down the path that was unique to me, it was very much based in the mind. The mind had an idea of what I was supposed to look like, of success, of frameworks, of a blueprint to live my best life. And the more healing work I do, the more inner work I do, the more I've been throwing away the blueprint of what it means to live a good life and and the more I am inspired to create something of my own. And that really is living from the heart because when we tap into the wisdom of the heart, we're tapping into an innate guiding light and compass that is so much more intelligent than anything the mind can conceive. And we explore that a lot on this week's episode. I mean, we talk a lot about what it means to live a life in the mind versus living a life in the heart how to understand the purpose of our lives when we tap into that heart space and the wisdom of our hearts, and so much more. I mean, Dan is really passionate about helping people connect with their inherent abundance and live from their hearts because he believes that world issues caused by fear and scarcities can start to dissolve when we remember how abundant life is. And I've always believed that fear lives in the mind because when we are in presence, there is no fear. When we are in the moment, dropped into what is true here and now, there is no fear. There is only love. And when we can learn to tap into our own inner guiding light, when we can learn to listen to the whispers of our heart, we live a more connected life. Our relationships get richer. Our work gets more meaningful. And we overall begin to access a level of fulfillment that can't be accessed through logic and analytical thinking. So, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I really enjoyed recording it. Dan really has so much wisdom to share and his perspective cracked open a lot of 
excitement for me. I mean, I, I rarely meet a lot of people that can just riff on the mic and go down a tangent and just start spraying wisdom from the soul. And I just felt Dan do that the entire time. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode as much as I did recording it. And if you haven't already, subscribe to us on any of the podcast apps. I believe we're on iTunes and Spotify. All that means is that every single time I release a new episode, it drops straight into your inbox. And reach out to us if anything we said on the episode resonated, whether it's in a message on Instagram or an email or even a review. It goes a long way in me learning about what's, what's, what's sparking your heart. Because the conversations that spark our souls, that spark our hearts, are the ones that I'm here to inspire. And the more we can do that as a group, I think the the better the world is going to be, especially in a, in a time when it's so much us versus them and vaxxed versus unvaxxed and, and just so much divisiveness right now in the world. I feel like the more we can tap into our hearts and remember that we are all having a human experience, the better the world is going to be. So anyways, that is me done ranting and sharing my heart with you and without further ado here is the amazing mr dan mangetta enjoy yo 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 what's up everyone and welcome to this week's episode of stay grounded i hope you're all having a brilliant day so far welcome to the show brother hey 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 <laughs> it is so good, man. We, I just, I'm so excited for this. I first time we connected, there was just, I could feel the the kindred dedication to experiencing the fullness of life, just in the way that you expressed yourself. And I'm just, I'm pumped to go deep, man. I'm pumped to go deep and and not hold anything back. You know, we were we were talking earlier about the idea of putting in the work and not seeing results. And not losing our our sense of self in that. Why do you think we as a society are so drawn to the idea of of results in the first place? Mm. I think if we look at the mind for a moment, the mind is it's a terminator. It's like, what is my objective? Ah, this is what I must kill and do. Right? That's what the mind is doing all the time. Yeah. Even when we haven't fed it that consciously, it just goes into the archives. Okay, what was I experiencing? What's my environment been? Okay, we're going to play that out. And I feel when we're more here in the head and not done any work to be in the yumminess of the heart, then we can get caught up in the loop of that. What's my mission? What's my mission? Instead of experiencing, oh, this is what's going on as I'm going through life. So I think it's just spending too much time, not too much, spending an excessive amount of time in the head and less time in the heart where we're more about the experience of what we're doing rather than the doing of what we're doing. That's what I feel. So can you differentiate between a life that's lived through the head and a life that's lived through the heart? I firmly believe that both have a place, right? There's a, there's a time to be strategic and thinky and there's a time to be feely. I just think there's so much more yumminess available when I'm actually present to what I'm doing and able to feel the context of my life versus thinking about all of the details. And for someone who's on the autistic spectrum, that probably is probably one of the weirdest things that I can say because I have a natural predisposition to be in the head. But life isn't experienced in the thinking of, it's experienced in the being of. So if I'm just always thinking and what's next and what am I doing? One of the things that really, really drove that home, I thought I got it, but I didn't really get it until we had my son nine months ago. And it's like, 
you don't want to miss a single thing. Like you'll, you'll turn around and he's got a tooth. You'll turn around and now he's got like this little walker thing. And I came home the other day and he ran to the door in his little walker thing, not on his like support. I'm like, oh my God, if I was thinking, 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 I wouldn't be present to the experience of that here in the heart and allow my body to actually resonate and take in all of that yamina. So for me, it's when we're in the head, we're losing out on what life is, which is those experiences, how we feel it in our heart and how we feel it in our body. Well, I think there's this idea in the head that, you know, I can always experience those things tomorrow. Yeah. You know, I can always do it later. I'll always have the time. Uh, I'll, I'll always have the time. And there's this irrational sort of like desire to skip what's here. Mm. And that's one of the things for me, you know, in the last few years, I've been really being intentional about just for me, like last few years, I've had a lot of deaths in the family and I've had, you know, with COVID and there's just been a lot of chaos and turmoil and stuff that's come up around me becoming very aware of of my mortality and the idea that, you know, I'm not going to be here forever. The people I love aren't going to be here forever. The things I love are not going to be the same forever, right? We live in a cyclical, seasonal nature of life and the things that are present to us today may not be the things that are present to us tomorrow, right? And and I think just over my own journey, I've just started becoming much more, that reality has started sinking in. Like, even if I look at friendships of mine, like friendships that I thought I was going to be best friends with forever, if I think about now, like, they're not the same, right? Because I have changed. I have grown. My priorities have evolved. And so I, I think I've, I've learned just through that, that very, not sobering, but just the sequence of real occurrences around that has sort of brought me back into presence and experiencing presence fully. And I love that you brought up your, your, your son, because I think that's, I'm, I don't have a child. I can't even imagine like you turning around and like, and, and the tooth being there, like you're turning around, like, cause kids do grow so fast. Yeah. So like when you had your son, was that really when you started bringing presence into your life or was there an earlier experience or a set of earlier experiences that sort of dropped you more into the importance of being present? I've been in this kind of stuff from very young, right? 16, 17, around that time is when I started moving into this world and into this kind of content. But again, I would say a good 10 years was spent with it being a mental exercise. Yeah. So visualization, goal setting, go get. Creation, yes, but almost commanding reality instead of dancing with reality to bring yeah. me goals. And that is one of the, the key things that I found was the reason why I, it wouldn't stay. Like I'd create massive wealth and then it would go. I'd create this and it would go. Because the frequency that we're at, which for me is indicated by our emotional state, dictates what we can hold. And when I'm not present enough to what's going on here, this is going to be run by unconscious programs. Even if I've developed a level of discipline for my mind to not necessarily be so deeply run by unconscious programs. I got into the heart-based side of this, the more the spirituality of conscious creation. I would say about 2000 and I want to say 2016, when I started doing more of Dr. Joe Dispenza's work and going to his events and stuff like that and having more heart opening experiences and finding that disconnect that I'd been having between the massive power that I had to create things mentally and the 10 X that you get from bringing the heart into the equation. But there's a visceral side to that that I didn't understand until I saw life coming into the world. Hearing my son's first scream there in the, the delivery room, holding like this little human. And I thought I got it because I've got a lot of nephews and nieces. But when you see this little creature that's learning to smile, he's just learned to wave right now. And he's making these sounds and he wants to talk, but he can't quite talk just yet. And you see him play. It's 
mind-boggling. There's a magic to that that just can't be put into words that can only really be felt. So there's a level of differentiation between the head and heart that kicked in, but the heart's been a part of this game for me for a little while now. Yeah, yeah. And how has that changed your dance? Because I love the commanding versus dancing difference, right? Like it's kind of like the idea of hustle versus flow. I remember when I first started in entrepreneurship, I actually felt like I needed to hustle because I had to, I had to get, it's almost like a rocket ship taking off, right? Like in the beginning, I didn't have the habits, the skill sets, the, the natural desire embodied. And so I needed a lot of energy to push, 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 push until I could get the rocket ship off the ground. So let me ask you in hindsight now, do you think starting with a dance is better than having that commanding sort of like, I guess, like, did it serve a purpose for you to be in your head versus in your heart when you first began the journey? So part and parcel of my story is that after I lost everything the second time, I went into a really, really dark place. I went beyond contemplating. I went into seeking to plan out suicide. And it was only because I'd been battered so much by that point. I had no belief in myself. I thought I was going to mess up my suicide. And that's the only real reason why I didn't make a suicide attempt, because I thought I was going to fail at that as well. Fast forward to the 13th of February, 2018, when I had what I would call my epiphany moment that led me into doing the work that I do now, I came to understand that every single one of those points in my life, the points of contrast, the points of polarity, the points of pain, essentially were the footsteps that led me to where I was in that moment when I had this visual, whole body, virtual reality, interdimensional experience of what my life would be like if I just stepped up and did this work. And on that day, one of the biggest things for me was recognizing not appreciation and gratitude for the good things, but a deep gratitude for all of the crap as well, because it's what led me to that moment. So I would say in answer to your question now, I wouldn't have it any other way. We were talking earlier about the magic of believing in what's happening, right? Like, I think trusting that everything is happening in exactly the right timing is one of the hardest things for the mind to conceive. And it takes experience and humbling almost to realize, and enough time, I think, to really look back on your life and see how the dots connect. What is a dot that you were surprised at that connected for you? In the moment, maybe a, a thing that was going on that you couldn't see the blessing for that in hindsight now you realize is, was all still happening in, in divine perfection. I always go back to these no's. I was actually talking about this on a group call with my guys the other day. With my old consulting business, I had this really big contract I've been working on for about six months. Okay, It was like £250,000. It's about $350,000 or whatever. And it got to the last minute and the guy pulled out. And I was like, I was kind of peed off because I've spent six months. The way that I ran that business was sometimes there'd be some retainer, but generally I was results driven because I believed in what I could do. So we get to the end. It's time to like move over the finish line, ready to get paid, pull the trigger on certain pieces of the puzzle. He pulls out. No real reason. I don't hear from him again. Can't get through. I'm like, okay, cool. Whatever. Like a week and a half later, the primary delivery partner that I would have had on that project went under. So had that money came in when it came in, <laughs> number one, I would have had like a $350,000 mark, right? And a hundred pounds of that, hundred like 150,000 of that would have gone into a company that would have been gone. Those moments for me are always sobering because like, I don't really know which of my hiccups or polarity points or contrast were a blessing. Some of them, yeah, I can look back and say, oh, it was a blessing. 
I look at the whole thing of my Asperger's, for example. Some people say, oh my God, oh my God. But I look at all of the magic that I now am able to do in my life and the people that I work with because of the way that my, my brain works differently. Even when I go back to the point of like my suicide dance, it's like because of the way my brain works, I don't have the capacity to make reactive sort of off the cuff, irrational sort of, I don't have the capacity. My brain is literally not wired for me to do that. Otherwise I could have said, oh, fudge it. I'm just going to try this. And I might not have been here right now. So I've got a million and one different experiences that could be. I've had enough that I've seen as a yes to take every single side turn as a blessing, even if I can't see it right now. Sometimes it's easier than others to do that. But I endeavor every time that something goes quote unquote sideways to say, okay, I'm, I'm interested to see where this is going to go, if I see it at all. I think that's why gratitude is such a such an important practice to really embody because when when we can like learn to be grateful for everything that's showing up, when we can learn to look at everything that arises in our present awareness as a gift. It might not be gift wrapped, it might be wrapped in sandpaper sometimes, but nonetheless it's it's a gift in the moment, right? And I think when we can really train ourselves to be in the heart, because I think the act of being grateful for something that you do not want to be grateful yet is an act of the heart. That is not an act of the mind because the mind is trying to make sense sense of things (laughs) and it's trying to go in these loops and it's going back and forth and playing ping pong with itself, to be honest. Like, but the heart is that surrender piece where it's like, I may not understand, I may not know, and that's okay. Because I believe, I trust, I have this feeling that this too shall become a blessing. This too shall become an asset. This too shall become something that is a part of my story. Mm. For me, the yes and to that becomes... So when we look at the the esoterics of this, we look at the seven key energy points the heart is the, the center point, right? It's the bridge between the unseen and the seen, the bridge between the inner world and the outer world. And so as it's not indoctrinated, it's our way of feeling into and connecting with the fuller, more wholeness that we are. And so when I'm here and I'm using this to direct, what ends up happening is that all of the stories that the mind has got about why it can't work, why this needs to be there, why I need to have seen the thing, why it needs to have felt good and why it needs to have worked out doesn't exist. So there's an infinite possibility and an access to wholeness that's here in the heart that the mind just doesn't have because it's got the layers of programs, which serve a purpose, right? The mind is here to do a job, but the heart isn't hindered or inhibited by that. It can just be in it. I love that so much. That's so, and I want to like sit with that for a second. So that is so important as a concept, that's as a principle to embody, because when, when you can really lean into that as a truth, it brings so much clarity to personal development. When you realize that the things that keep you stuck, the anxieties, everything is driven by something in the mind. And then everything becomes about entering the heart that infinite space of compassion and the judgments are in your mind, the, the empathy, the compassions in the heart. And I, and I love that you brought up wholeness because wholeness implies that there there's sides, there's the light and the shadow, right? Like you cannot have a whole without both sides. You cannot have a whole without the yin and the yang. You cannot have a whole without the duality. And the duality is unconditionally appreciated, accepted, known in the realm of the heart. 
it's the mind that tends to look at the shadow or the bad as an us versus them. It's the mind that tends to go with the divisive nature of, of its reality. The mind is the one that doesn't actually acknowledge the duality of wholeness. One of my favorite Michael Singer quotes is, you know, you're in trouble when the mind is telling you how to get to God. Mm. <laughs> it's like, I quote that one so much because it just embodies what you're saying. It's like the mind is a great tool. It's a great tool, right? It, I, did you just tell your heart to be? I didn't. My mind did. I'm sure yours did as well. Like it's literally keeping you alive. But when we are out of step with intentionality or a conscious relationship to what's going on in terms of what we're moving towards, then guess what? The mind is running off rogue without a mission, just doing whatever it's witnessed in a time in our life between the age of two and seven, that generally speaking, we're not even conscious to what we're taking in and it runs with it. And it's waiting for you to say, do a good job. And it's pulling your attention away from the heart because it doesn't trust it because most of us haven't developed a conscious relationship to trusting the heart. And then we say, how comes I didn't get to God? It's because the mind was in charge and not the heart. What does getting to God mean for you? For me, it's going back to the truth of who we are. For me, when I use the word God, you, source, universe, divine, it's the highest aspect of us, which is pre-polarity, pre-separation. One of the things I love to ask people is, let's talk about the word omnipresent. What does that mean? It means everywhere at all times. Okay, so if the divine is omnipresent, there's no way the divine is not including you. Yes. So the divine is you. You may not be the divine, but the divine is you because we are the divine made manifest in form, taking the shape that we're taking here and now in this expression of consciousness that we call me and you right now, that the listener can call themselves. So for me, getting back to God is returning back to the truth of our nature, which is an expression of the divine. And from there, all things are possible. From there, the contrast and polarity is just this game that we're in in this virtual sim reality simulation that we call physical reality. There, sometimes I have good days and sometimes I have bad days, but all of it's adding to the omniscience of the divine as my experience of it adds a new texture to the divine's all-knowingness. And even that means that, wow, that went wrong. Wow, I got to be an agent of the divine learning that experience through my eyes through this unique configuration of reality that's made up of the quantum overlays I'm having through my emotional state right now, my experiences, the people that I'm here with. Like this is never going to happen again. And to your point about presence, when we remember that every single moment that we're experiencing is unique to us in the combination of all of the different subsects of infinite possibility that could be right now, it's like, wow, you want to miss that because you want to think about somebody said something nasty or somebody from their pain body didn't appreciate something that you did for them. You want to miss out on that magic here and now you can make, I won't, not me. Man, uh, you're such a G. I loved that riff. That was just so good. <laughs> like, I'm so glad I teed you up for that. You like just went on a tear. That was just brilliant. Like, I'm so glad that happened, but it brings us back to the remembrance that, our souls weren't here to achieve, they were here to experience life. Mm. And so even the worst experience in the world, the soul is still experiencing life. It's still an experience, like the the sadness, the heartbreak. I mean, even heartbreak, I, I've been really sitting over the last few years, like really been sitting with the idea of heartbreak, whether it's through losing a loved one or a relationship ending. I look back and even those moments where I was just in so much pain, and so much sadness and so much grief. Those are moments that I wouldn't change for the world mm. because those are, I was feeling 
those are moments where I was just feeling so deeply. Mm. And to me, that is what I think the soul was here to do. That is what I think we, inside of these human bodies, were here to experience, right? Mm. Like, the soul was not here to achieve a set of goals that the mind thinks we have to achieve. The soul was here to experience life, and experiencing life is done through the magic of feeling through presence to what is to going deeper into that, the richness, the potency of our shadow and our light. Like it is, it is experiencing it with everything we have and recognizing the gift in that expression. It is. And I think we forget that. Like I think to me, when I think about the idea of staying grounded, anytime I'm not grounded, it's when I forget that. It's when I go into my mind and I start playing the ping pong and I get caught in the bullshit that someone else is spewing. It's when I get caught in all that stuff that I forget that our souls are not here to do anything but experiencing what's in front of us with a full and open heart. I love that. And that just reminds me of the conversation I love to invite people into around purpose. What's the purpose of life? The purpose of life is to live and everything Mm -hmm. else is sprinkles. Like the purpose of (laughs) Life is to live and everything else is sprinkles, right? It's like, okay. And within the context of me living, I get to touch people's lives. I get to create this thing. Or maybe I get to be the checkout girl. Maybe I get to be the the lumberjack. Maybe I get to be the garbage man. But all of that adds to the perfection of this universal tapestry. And our role within that is to actually be present to it and experience it. That's the hard part, right? Like we forget our own divinity. I really resonated with, that that riff because you know i read a quote a little while back and it just it's always stuck with me like we are the gods we've been looking for oh, yeah i don't know where i heard that and i've heard it somewhere before as well yeah i've I've, mm-hmm. I've heard it and and it and it always brings me back to that like and that's why when somebody begins to talk about the fact or the quote-unquote fact <laughs> that their life doesn't matter mm-hmm. it brings me back to that idea like what do you mean your life doesn't matter how do you know the odds of you actually making it here? Do you realize mm-hmm. how many sperm you had to beat out to actually be alive? <laughs> do you know <laughs> how? Do you realize how many things had to go perfectly in this universe of, of swirling gas and stars and just for you to be born and for you to get caught in that story mm. in your mind that was conditioned, that was borrowed, that was given to you? Like, what? <laughs> Like, how can you, how can you, when you are in your heart, there is no doubt that you matter. Mm-hmm. Because doubt is a mental construct that doesn't exist within the heart. Again, you know, you're in trouble with the mind is telling you how to get to God. And, you know, that kind of loops into this Bible text that my mom always told me for a different reason, but that's being in the world, but not of the world. Being in the world, but not of the world. Being in the feeling, but not of the feeling. Not allowing the feeling to control you as you experience it. Not allowing the emotion to control you as you experience it, allowed to flow through you. Not allowing the definition and ideas and all the things to control your heart-centered direction as to what the soul's showing you that it would like to experience next, which can only happen through the heart. Mm, Gosh, something I've been really sitting with I've been really playing. I think we talked about this uh, when we first connected around, you know, I think about my life and I think about all the projects that I said yes to and all the businesses that I tried building. They were all done from the mind. 
And they were all done in the pursuit of money or in the pursuit of safety or in the pursuit of freedom or in the pursuit of creating X thing. And it was all logical in the mind. You know, the more I awaken into myself, my true self, into, into my own soul, and the more I start to access that divinity, the more I'm called to create from the heart. What I'm realizing more and more is, you know, the heart is connected to an intelligence that is so far beyond anything the mind can comprehend. When you feel like doing something, when you feel like talking to that person, when you feel like saying something in the world, when you feel like putting a piece of content out, when you feel like following the thread of what's true to you, you are actually creating on a canvas that is so much bigger than what's in front of you with a set of paintbrushes that are so much bigger than anything you've ever painted with. Mm -hmm. I find that when I'm creating from my heart, my mind goes into overdrive. It wants to explode because it's like, what are you seeing, Raj? Like, you don't see the money coming in yet. Like, you don't see this happening yet. Like, we're wasting your time. This It should already be down. Mm -hmm. And it's this endless loop. And the more I just trust the heart and create, there's just this remembrance and this knowing. And the more I'm in my heart, and to me, everything I do in my life now, every ritual I have, every journaling practice, every ceremony, every coaching, every everything I listen to is to bring me back into the heart, into the remembrance mm-hmm. that when I create from the heart, I'm actually doing my life's work. When I love from the heart, I'm doing my life's work. When I speak from my heart, I am doing my life's work. When I put out a piece of content that is so in alignment with my heart, I am doing my greatest work. And and I think that's a reminder for all of us. You listening, really, I mean, it's that remembrance that when we are creating from our heart, we are doing our life's greatest work. And the thing that just sort of jumped out at me, sometimes people look at these kind of conversations and say, well, how am I going to get anything done? If I'm just in my heart, then how's anything going to get done? How am I going to pay the bills? And I feel that a big part of my work is showing people how when the heart is a foundation, you will want to move through time and space to bring into fruition that which you're called to create. The mind will become a great partner in bringing those visions to life. And if it was just about a non-physical idea, then why would the divine have created physical form in order for us to have that experience? So there is like a movement through time and space that naturally follows from a heart-based essence that wants to come out, like it's exploding into form. Because you didn't just sit there, oh, I had this beautiful meditation, visualization about this piece of content. It was so beautiful. No, it's like, I feel called to birth this into the world and share that, but I'm not sharing it with this mind-based thing that I want to get as many likes on the thing. It's, oh, my heart just wants to get this out. It's like, oh, then the mind comes in in order how to make that happen. And then the body gets involved in actually moving through time and space and making the thing happen. But you've birthed it. You've done your job. And when you stay in the heart at that point, then it gets to do its job too. And that thing that you've given life to gets to go out and add more life to others. Well, the richest marketing is the stuff that makes people feel. Think about that. Like, just think about that in general. Like, the marketing, that the branding that that sings the most is the stuff that makes people feel. And how can you make someone feel through the mind? 
<laughs> like you cannot make somebody feel through the mind. You can only make somebody feel through the heart, through, through the, the soul. Heart. When it's spoken through that that resonant frequency that then moves through any medium, whether it's music or art or a spoken word or a product or an experience that you deliver that touches people. I mean, at the core of it, it is all done through the heart. And I think that took me so long to understand. It took me so long to realize how much more connected we are when we speak through the heart and how that actually does translate to more money and how that actually does translate to more freedom. And it's not about losing the strategies. Like we said, the mind is a servant of the heart. Like the mind is an absolute necessary, like necessary tool in creating your greatest life. Like I will be the, you know, I, I would never go against the mind. Because I don't think that's a winning battle. So, like, it's not about transcending the mind. It's never about transcending the mind. No, it's about it's befriending it. Yeah, yeah, it's befriending it, right? I so, I, and I think, I just think that, you know, we as a society are just so caught in the mind. And, and the culture shift is happening, man. Like, leaders like you, the way you're speaking about creation and the way that you're inspiring people to really create from the heart, this is what's happening. It's, it's, it's mm -hmm. the words out. Yeah. Cats out of the, you know, cats out of the cage, Pandora's out of the box. Like you yeah. can't go back in because yeah. we're all starting to realize how much better it feels to actually live from the heart. And it, and there's a certain death that has to happen, at least for me. And I'd love to hear from you. Like, talk to me about your journey of going from a life operated by the mind to the heart. Like, was there a painful jump? Like, did you have to go through an ego death? Did you have to actually like be brought to your knees in order to surrender into this divinity? I wasn't really conscious of the trans, the, the, the change. Because after I had the moment where I'm like, okay, I'm not going to do this suicide thing right now because I'm going to fail. I went off on a mission to heal my relationship to what we now call manifestation so that I wouldn't fail at my suicide. So I spent a couple of years diving into, diving deeper into this world so I can pull off my suicide. That's what I went to do. But what ended up happening was because I was polluting my mind so consistently with positive content, I ended up reprogramming it. And as I reprogrammed it, I kind of went through an ego death in that process, but didn't realize because I was so caught up, I was distracted by this mission. And then I woke up one day and I was living in a nice house and I'd just come back from New York, I think. And I was looking and I had a nice watch on. I was like, oh, wow. Was I, was I trying to like check out? I was trying to check out before. Okay. And then I backtracked and looked at the journey and saw the faces that I went through. That's what became the book Stepping Beyond Intention. But the death and resurrection happened in a big way then for me to be reborn. I didn't realize that it happened. And now what I have actually come to, to do is consciously go through the process of doing that literally every day, dying mm. to the day and birthing into a new one. Mm. dying into an experience, dying into this transaction or this call. I love to come to everything reborn and renewed because every moment is new. Like five seconds ago, we we're talking about something that's not even real anymore. That's all projection and mind frame and memory. We'd have to bring it back now. So I've been focusing on allowing myself to have a daily resurrection into new light, into new possibilities, openness to new purpose. I don't know what's still going to be here at the end of the day. I don't know what's what newness is going to come in at the end of the day. I don't know what opportunities are going to come, which opportunities are going to fall away. And actually, this allows me to have less detachment to what is 
and allows me just to be present to the ride of, oh, okay, that's interesting. And to be more here, be more heart in all of it. What a beautiful way to revere the present moment than to honor its it's it's fleeting nature right <laughs> to like it's 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 to honor that wow like to really truly enter each day with with the truth that you know five minutes ago that version of me does not exist that's coming back to death and coming back to birth as the two endpoints. right life mm-hmm. is what happens in the middle and we give ourselves that gift when we can truly remember that okay. in fact when i truly remember that is when all of my stress goes away I was going to say that. I was going to say that. Like <laughs> It's literally like everything. It's like the greatest clarifying moment knowing that, you know, just, just remembering death and remembering the endpoints of life. When we can remember the endpoints of life, it brings much more clarity to the present moment and it drops us in. And we say what we need to say without thinking too much. And we stop searching and start creating. And that's you know, really been a theme for me over the last month. One of the things I've been really realizing about my own process and my own journey is when I'm in the habit of searching, I'm in my mind because I'm searching for validation. I'm searching for the answer outside of me. I'm searching for a sign. A am searching for something to pull me out of this state. Mm-hmm. And when I'm creating, I'm not thinking, I'm doing, I'm being, I am embodying, I am acting, I am flowing with what's true in the moment. And and that's always been, it's actually come to be a very consistent anchor for me. Like Mm. when I'm, when I'm caught in this moment of like in the mind, it's like, (laughs) am I searching or am I creating? Did something, have you ever done any of the work of Paul Selig? No, I haven't, but I I, I do know Paul Selig's work, but I haven't done any, I haven't, I haven't done any of his work. I I would, I would get on it. He's, he does like a weekly live stream. Um, My wife and I have been to a couple of his live events as well. The energy is palpable. But again, there's something that the guides share for those who listening that don't know who Paul Selig is. He's a conscious channel and he channels um, a consciousness that he calls the guides. And and one of the the things that the guides say is that the, the small self thinks, but the true self knows right <laughs> boom boom that's, so that's like to what you were saying it's like the mind is thinking the heart doesn't have to think because it's connected to the infinity of all it just knows man this is really beautiful that we ended this we ended up here like this is, this is I, I knew with you i was like I, I don't know where the hell we're gonna go man, but we're gonna end up somewhere great like and i'm so grateful that we came here because i i, I became and achieved success at a, at, a, at, a, at a pretty young age relatively speaking and I remember when I was 27, my mind, I would have all these channeled, like when I first started the podcast and we started creating content, like I used to have all these channeled pieces come through me. These, these, these experiences, these knowings, these like, these teachings Mm -hmm. that I actually had no real life experience to like qualify (laughs) or quantify. I didn't, I was just like, I was just sharing messages and speaking. And in my mind, I was always like, oh, Raj, you need to have more credibility. You need to have more this. You need to have more that. You need to do this. Like, how can you just know all this stuff? And the more I've, the more I go into the work and the more that I get connected to my heart, the more I begin to realize that knowing requires no credibility. Knowing requires nothing. Mm -hmm. Knowing is just knowing. You know, and when you can remove the story that you have to justify your knowing, Mm-hmm. that's when you start to explode. That's when you start to expand in every direction. That's when you start to move so damn fast. People are like, how the fuck are you doing this? Like that's when everything, the, the wheels just start turning in ways that are just so 
inconceivable because it is you're you're not you're operating on true instinct and knowing and true and true intuition and that that is a cheat code and that is the benefit of doing the work to get there like if you want to know an ROI for personal development that's the ROI <laughs> like you know Infinite. it's going to be it's chipping it's chipping away in the beginning you're chipping away at all the beliefs the stories the mindsets and all that stuff but compound interest man like once you get till the end and it actually takes off it's just this exponential jump in relationships in business in finances in family in impact in purpose in connection in health i mean in all of it it is truly when when you stop trying to justify your knowing your life takes off and you actually embody a level of clarity that i think is 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 paramount to experiencing true fulfillment in in this human plane i think again it's the mind that requires that it's the mind that looks for it and you know when i come up against the people that what's your qualification that's them speaking from the mind they're not speaking from the heart we speak a different language there's no speaker no minder bro <laughs> like i speak a heartier <laughs> and you're right once those stories, once the mind actually gets, oh, there's the heart there. Oh, it's infinite. Oh, okay. And a lot of that safety, the safety of the known, the safety of the small, the safety of the understood, the safety of the certificate, the safety of the numbers in the bank right now and do it. But when it does click in, which is just having them speak in coordination, the same language, like you said, because this heart, the heart doesn't know any limit because the heart's tied to infinity where there is the truth of no limit. All those limits are just stories. And I think about talent, right? I grew up playing a lot of tennis. Mm -hmm. And I think about, you know, talent versus hard work. You can build skill. You can build knowledge and knowing in this physical lifetime, right? But we're all born with talent that we can't explain where it came from. We were all born with qualities that you just you just, you just got them. Right. And I think that when we can really remember that, like, I think that's when we can truly begin to integrate the knowing with the mind, right? Like to mm. me, the mind is hard work. It's the development of skills. It's the addition. And those are very important. Absolutely. Like great skills to build so that you can show up fully. But when you combine that with natural talent, and you combine that with your knowing and you combine that with the intuitive guide that is way bigger than anything you're accessing. Like it just creates this incredible, like I think about talent as almost like like past lives. Like it's almost like you've done this before. Yeah. Like you've already gone on this rodeo. And so how do you know what your, what you've done in a past life? Like, yeah, you can do the work to explore it and try and understand it and mm -hmm. connect your guides, and, but you really can't prove it, right? Like the mind cannot prove what you know. You can try and be like, oh yeah, in a past life, past life, I used to be a musician. That's why I can pick up the piano fast. Like what? No, like you don't know that. So like you trying to, you trying to know something that, that can't actually be understood. It can only be experienced. Trying to bring cognition to something that's of the heart. It's just right. It doesn't work. And so that's the futile attempts that I think, and that's where I think when we can truly get to that breaking point of like, all right, I don't even want to understand anymore. I'm just going to experience. I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to create right. and do. That's when I think that's, that's, that's magic. And that's staying in magic. You know, it's, it's, that's, that's truly staying in magic. Mm, 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 mm. 100%. I'm, I'm with you all the way with that one, bro. Like 100%. That's where the magic is. That's where the magic is. What do you define as magic? 
Someone asked me this question about miracles. And for me, miracles and magic is the same thing. It's the opportunity to witness the divine in form through the experiences before me here and now. Mm, wow. That, that was profoundly short. <laughs> I thought you were going to go up like a tear. <laughs> oh my like, gosh. That was succinct enough to say what it has to say, I think. It's like, oh, well, yeah. yeah, I mean, shit. Like, I, I, I don't really know. <laughs> I mean, there's truth, and, and that's, there's, there's profound. One of my favorite spiritual teachers to learn from is, is Ram Das, the late Ram Das. And, mm-hmm. and one of the things I've always appreciated about him is how simple his teachings are. Be here now. Be here now. I am loving awareness. Like these simple, simple, simple truths that are just, and, and that's it. Like, you know, it may not be easy, but it's all simple. Even yeah. the idea of needing to understand the heart, like, like that's a complicated way to do things. There's complications in 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 the understanding, in the understanding, and and in the and this is I think a cheat code, right? Like this is where I think I think there's a lot of work that has to happen for us as a society to truly be living from the heart. And for me, that's the adventure. That's yes. the adventure. And the souls that are manifesting here at this time get to witness the journey of coming back to the heart. Yes, and that's, it's, and that's a it's the pendulum. It's the yeah. pendulum, right? Like we as a society have gone so far to the mind, mm-hmm. so far to the need for safety. And, and when we're in the mind, we're in fear. And that's when you look at where we're at as a society right now with the mm-hmm. divisiveness, with the pain, with the anguish, with the us versus governments, with the people versus people. I mean, mm-hmm. with all of this mind, fear, mm-hmm. it's pulling out the heart because... If you keep indulging in the mind, you're going to explode. You're going to cause disease. You're going to create destruction. And it breaks my heart to say this, but I really do feel like there has to be a breaking before we can come back. That's part of nature. Right. That's, that's the part of... That's death that's, before rebirth. And when we drop the judgments of that and just be present to it and recognize that we all have a beautiful, unique role to play in that unfolding, adding back to the all-knowingness of the divine as the divine having this experience to witness it from its space of all-knowingness that only gets to be all-knowing because of the knowing that we're having here and now it's like oh okay pendulum bring it (laughs) duality man that's it what a trip what a trip like it's so fascinating like just you know you go back up to a thirty thousand foot view that's been my my real challenge with you know just the way we are in today's society like you know, the last two years, like with COVID and just all the things that have unfolded afterwards, like when I go up to a 30,000 foot view, I can see the brilliance of what's mm-hmm. happening. Mm-hmm. I can see the breaking of governments. I can see the mistrust. I can see it all. Mm-hmm. But when I'm in my human form, when I'm, when I'm in it and I can, I have a lot of pain and I, and I feel, I feel sadness for a lot of our, our fellow human beings. And, and, I, and I'm really mm. sad for where we're at as a society right now. Like it breaks my heart. And I think that's part of it too, right? That's where like, I think in those, in those moments of heartbreak, there's profound, there's a profound opportunity to truly experience purpose to exp- in, in those deaths. There's a, there's a profound opportunity to truly find your calling to in those moments of true suffering is where I think, you know, like that divinity is experienced. And when we can allow ourselves to be present in the experience, it just, the richness, it cannot be, 
ignored. And there's profound beauty in that. Mm. Brother, I, I just love you, man. Like I love <laughs> you too, bro. This has been great. And we're gonna be doing this again in, in, in a day. I'm looking I was forward to say, that. Like, too. I'm really I'm really looking forward to just going deeper. Um just talk about your work. I wanna spend a few minutes really sharing your like what are you here to do and how do you serve people? And if anybody wanted to go deeper into your magic. Sure, sure. Um for me it's a part and parcel of the, the place we are at the pendulum is forgetting the innate divinity to the point that we forget the natural abundances are to get caught up in what things look like and in the lack. So I'm all about bringing people back to a recognition and connection to abundance as a birthright. Because if more people are coming from a place of abundance rather than lack, would we really be killing each other over a piece of land or like black oil under the ground or like little shiny rocks or little orangey elements would we really be doing that would we really believe in people starving because we need all the food over here and collecting bananas like little crazy people or like i don't know i just feel a lot of a lot of challenges in the world will naturally fall away when more of us are contributing to hitting that tipping point of abundance having sufficient momentum to break through the lack that's having us on this side of the pendulum. And I'm committed to being a part of the vanguard of that, that may see fruits in my lifetime, maybe a couple of lifetimes, but I'm sure as hell going to have fun seeing what I can do with it in this lifetime. I love it, brother. And you know, anybody who wants to reach out to you, Instagram, your website, Instagram, those are usually... Dreamwithdan.com, my website is the best place. I've got the podcast. Uh, I blog on there. I write for a couple of magazines as well. But everything's on dreamwithdan.com. It's the easiest way to, to dive in. I love it, brother. Well, I got one last question for you. Sure. In the midst of everything you are doing, everywhere you've been and everywhere you are going, how do you stay grounded? Remembering that this is a short ride and I don't know when it's going to end. So the more present I am to it, the more fun I can have with it and the more I get to take home, which is just the memories and the experiences. I can't take a car. I can't take a watch. I can't even take a wife. But I can certainly take those memories and the experiences. So I'm loading up the bag with those for the next ride. Mm-hmm. Aho, brother. Aho. Well, thank you so much again for being here, brother. I am just so grateful that we get to continue being on the same spaceship, going going somewhere 100%. exciting. And uh, <laughs> but everybody, that is a wrap for this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I'm your host Raj, and this is your new friend Dan. And from us, Stay Grounded. We'll chat soon. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to live an extraordinary life. For more resources and support, please visit www.rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded to join the official Stay Grounded Facebook group, a place where aspiring life enthusiasts can connect and ignite passion for life together. My hope is that the positivity, content, resources, and support in this group will resonate with you on a deeper level. That what you hear in our podcast, read in our thoughtful posts, or learn in our courses will empower you to live with intention, uncover true purpose, and challenge the internal dialogues that stop you from being who you really want to be in your life. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Stay grounded.